listening to the Fem Foundry podcast with me, Pips Taylor. Now, Fem Foundry is a new home for womankind around the world. We are a one of a kind global community and we bridge the gap between the professional and the personal. And this podcast reflects just that. Amy, are you there? <laughs> I am here. Yes. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? You're right. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm back, back off my holiday and everyone's ill. Um, this is so standard, isn't it? Get on, get back a holiday, especially when you've been skiing and then you're like, right, I need another holiday to get over my holiday. Yeah. Um, little Louis's got a really bad cold. It's really sweet because he's so tiny. Oh, um, but yeah, no. Anyway, but it was, it was great. It was really good to go. How have you been? What have you been up to? Lots. I've been uh, I've been into London this week. I'm now uh, in a couple of couple of days a week, which mm-hmm. means I actually have to get dressed and you know put my makeup on. Although I did walk into a lamppost like straight that bang. You know when it actually goes like bong. Like I was oh, getting basically you on your phone. Were you scrolling on your phone? Total classic. Like oh. bleh, on my phone doing things head you know um ear pods in as well so one of my ear pods came out and I was carrying those bags and I just you know oh, you know just like so human and it's, I was getting off the train as well oh my god you poor thing are you all right I'm absolutely fine yeah my my ego is quite bruised but apart you know when you've actually really hurt yourself as well and you're like no no I'm fine I'm fine I just want to leave let me get out of here have you got a massive lump on your head or are you no, actually I haven't it hurts it's quite sore but I haven't got I haven't got a lump yet I've almost got a very hard head. Um, so, yeah, that was embarrassing. Hard and full of brains, mate. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a busy week because we've finally launched our NFTs, which is That's um, so many months of hard work in yes. the process. You know, like that's so many months of hard work. Like, And now I'm so excited that we actually have launched them because we've been talking about it for months Yes. And um, what I'm absolutely loving is seeing what NFTs everybody's got and just exciting to see them all finally come to life. Exacto mundo. Like, because obviously you have mundo. What a great phrase. That's I think right. I used to say that about <laughs> 20 years ago. <laughs> Did you? It's quite a northern phrase, I think, that exacto mundo. I don't know. I haven't heard it for a long time. That's made me smile. Well, this week, Amy, on our podcast, we have got one of our brilliant leaders, Renee Bird, who is a singer, songwriter, uh, writer, presenter, uh, launched her own show. And she's A, one of the most lovely humans I think I've ever met, and B, really interesting about all of her like creative process. So you know her really well, don't you? Renee is one of those genuinely beautiful humans and a beautiful soul she is just you know she just her energy and everything is just delightful and she's just a really really very decent kind human being and she's really supportive as well um, and not to mention you know pretty insanely talented as well um, and driven which you know I love woman to woman She's got the full package. One would she say. really has, yeah. Really has. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, listen, I hope you guys enjoy this week. Uh, and this is Renee. Thank you so much for coming on and for having a chat. Um, I'm really excited. How how long have you been in America for? I've been here since, um, I think, came on the 20th of November. So I was here for Thanksgiving and then I'm here until next February. And how, how, how have you found being over there from, I suppose, a work point of view? It's fine because just so you know, I have a lot of hats. So... My music is my love, as you know, but corporate, um, because music went quiet, entertainment's just like, they didn't give us no budgets, no nothing. So 
thank goodness I was a sensible one in the sense where I educated myself. I've got a head of compliance legal background. So I'm actually working as we speak in the day in a fintech style business. That's what I do in TikTok, yeah. I love this. So you've got this hybrid double life which you know a lot a lot of people have and I'm really looking forward to talking to you about that. Um I want to start off with your music because you are an incredible singer and I feel like music's been part of your life since a really young age and you've spoken about your uncle he was a gospel singer um and how seeing him performed really inspired you as a child what was his impact on your music would you say It was huge I mean uh, I can't even exclude my father because he was also in the music industry um so my uncle being a man of cloth right now he's very well very well known within the religious sector friends of TD Jakes Michelle Williams who's Destiny's child you know anything that normally gospel and R&B is very connected you find that across the board um so he was one of the pioneers in the gospel world my father was always on TV because he was signed in the 80s to RCA so music has been like part of my DNA I would say no, there's no way around it, you know, whether it be a gospel group. Now, there's a girl, a group in the UK called the London Gospel Community Choir. And that's a spin-off of my uncle's choir that started that. So that's how long the history has been going on. So when it comes to music, you think of all the top artists, I would say, even down to Beverly, I think, knows my family and the Francis family. A lot of top artists have worked in some form or shape with a member of my family, whether it be the keyboard or the drummer. It's, it's really amazing. So I had no choice, I think. I think it was always around me. So it was a matter of time. I love that. You had no choice. I, I think I that's the thing, though. When you're surrounded by it and it's in your DNA, you yeah. know, that, that's what you know that you need to be doing, you know. And who else would you say has kind of been a role model during your musical journey, especially with considering the history that you have with music? Yeah. Role model has to be my father because he was the one that, rec- well, actually prior to that, my father, who is my idol, but my uncle Linton, there was a gentleman, he's now passed away, sadly, in 2015, God, it's so long ago. He was part of a band called Central Line, which had a number one hit in the US which is actually very, um, I think, this is, I forgot the rapper's name, but he used, a, the UK rapper over here used this, one of the songs in the background. So that just shows you how long and history. Um, and he was the first to actually give me the opportunity in the studio because I was so embarrassed when I was young. I couldn't sing in front of people. I felt I was sitting behind the door and all that stuff. And having my dad there, knowing his expertise, I was even more nervous. So he recorded me for the first time. So I would say my father and Uncle Linton have really been very special to me in my career. That must have been really, like, really daunting, you know, coming from a family of musicians to kind of actually find your voice and figure out sort of who you are musically. Yeah, no, it was very, I mean, I'm, I'm in a room with people that are very good at what they do. So when you do anything, it has to be excellent. So in the studio, it's a very overwhelming experience because, you know, whatever comes out, has got to be excellent. Not, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things my father used to always say, you know, where's the melody, follow the melody. And he's taught me that to the point where I can sing and all around the world, you can understand what I'm saying and understand the melodic side of it, which is very important. If you think of all the songs that have stuck in your mind for centuries, for years, are songs that are very melodic that everyone in the world will know. So he taught me that foundation. Um, pressure, yes, because you want to be the best. But I think it's good that if you're going to do something, do it to an excellent level. Yeah, absolutely. 
So well, I think, that's... But that's also a lot of pressure as well. You know, you've got the added excellence of your family and that must be a lot of pressure when you're especially kind of in your formative years of finding your voice and your musical you know, expression and who, and who you are. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is. I think we do sometimes have loggerheads because we all have creative opinions. So it's like, who makes a decision here? Um, but it's trust in each other as well, which is important. Sometimes you find the older generation, I say this with all respect, find it difficult to really believe that we might know a thing or two. <laughs> so sometimes we then put our opinion and it's like, no, no, no. What do you know? We've been around for longer. So it can get a little bit uncomfortable at times. But I think the whole idea is to get the best out of it. So are we getting the best quality? Does it look good aesthetically when you're doing a music video or photo shoot is another thing. Sometimes you do need someone else to make a decision because you, you can't be so close to it because you're too near to make that judgment. And, you know, a lot of artists that you know and love, a lot of them have a team that are making decisions and saying, actually, otherwise, if it's just you, 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 you can't really be objective. So it's important that you have that diverse opinion. Yeah. Do you, do you have that support around and that kind of... I do. Yeah. I have my brothers and my producers, which I'm very grateful for. Family fair. Yeah, literally. And um, when I was first in the industry, they used to watch all the disappointments because there's a lot that you get in this industry, people letting you down. And they said, one day we'll be your producers. So my latest single was done by them, not to exclude my cousin, Howard Francis, who is just phenomenal. He's worked with everyone from five... Um, Lisa Dixon, I mean, you name it, everyone in this industry has done. So to have him support me as well. So I'm very grateful and blessed that I've got that because it's not, you're not doing anywhere and you have people that actually care as well as they're close to you. So you've got the the, the double, you know, the double um, support. So, yeah. Do you cr- create all your own music and write your yeah. own music? Or, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, the single that's out is a cover. I thought it would be a good idea. It was a song I've always loved and heard when I was young, actually. And it was originally a ballad, and it was actually a duo. And I said, you know what, let me feminise it and also make it singular. So a lot of people think it's my song. They go, oh, I love the ver-. And then the only people that, obviously, from an era, because it's 1979, like, my God, I never heard it like that. So and most of the songs are my true life stories or observing other people's experiences. Because there's nothing more powerful than when you write a song that is real. And then it's actually hard to sing because it is real. Yeah, and yeah. you've got all that emotion and that kind of re- the reality. And, you know, it's like a true form of art and expression. Yeah. yeah, you've got to. And, you know, it's funny. I've had um, so much great mentors in my career. And there's a gentleman that also was in the music industry called Yefeo that was my stage coordinator, helps me perform and get me ready for stage performances because it's not always the natural that you have. There's people coaching you, helping you, because it's a, a show, isn't it? It's a, it's not an end, there's a beginning and there's an end, there's a middle, and you need to know how that's going to look and how you're going to keep people entertained. And one of the things that he gave me, and this, this is something for other singers, he said, you have to draw on other energies. And I was like, what do you mean? Because sometimes you're going to be happy, but you've got to sing something sad, or you're sad and you've got to be happy. <laughs> and that's not easy. Um, and I can give an occasion when I had to do a show at the Stratford um, yeah, it was actually at the Stratford Royal, beautiful, intimate, like um, acoustic gig. And not a few days before that, I broke up with someone I was seeing. So I was quite upset and we're human and we, we feel pain. And I didn't feel like going, what, getting on stage and wearing a gown? No, that's the last thing on your mind, isn't it? But the show's got to go on. And I remember his words telling me, you've got to draw on it. And the songs that I was singing, I had to then say, I can't make it about me. It's about my audience, number one. And he said, you've got to almost see, sing like you're going to save someone's life at the end of it. So 
I'm very, I haven't got children, but I have an affinity for little babies and children. I think they're the most precious things on earth. And he said, if you sing like you're saving the life of a child, you will sing the work the best you've ever sung. And he was right. You think about that. So you do it from that angle, you'll be able to deliver that performance. So it's almost drawing on different things that mean something to you. But equally, at that moment, you just need to, it helps you along. Or actually an experience and then it helps you along. So yeah. it's the key. You've literally just given me goosebumps even saying oh. that because it's it's it, that's the thing and this is what I love about talking to creatives and artists and, and performers and musicians. It's kind of it's that like that raison d'etre. It's like within your DNA. It's within your blood. Like there's no way that you can't you know you have this you have to do this to, you know to yeah. sort of to live and survive. You know it's kind of you have to have this creative um, yeah. outlet and to kind of phrase it like that is just really really beautiful. What's the process behind creating music for you? How how does it start? Mm. It's normally a story. And the most powerful songs I was thinking about the other day are stories with hooks. Something that's repetitive, isn't it? Um, I either can draw on me as in my own journey and I write it down and I write it down as a story or somebody observes me and writes a song for me, which is really weird, but it does happen. Or I connect with a song that someone else has written and I can actually sing it like it's mine. So there's different variations that can occur. But normally the best songs are the, the, the songs that come from the heart. So there's a song on the album called More Than Words, and I've actually released it and then drew it back again. But that's a, just more of a technical thing that happened. And I want to release it again um, from on my album. And it was a real life story. And people that hear it feel, mm, I think, it's, is it you? Is it? And it actually is a real life story because I love somebody more than words could say. And that's the best way to describe it. And how that happened, the... Also the co-writer, Howard Francis, we wrote it together. He was playing chords, which is just like sounds on a keyboard. And I came into the studio and I started humming whatever this top line was. And then he kept on playing. And that's how the song was created. So it was literally something he did that created the top line that enabled me to go, right, let's just write this and let's, and more than words can say was the first chord. And then we evolved it, isn't it interesting? And then I started creating the songs based on that. So you, it comes from so many different areas. I and mean, sometimes it's not a formula. It's just a feeling, I would say. It's not, yeah, it's not a formula. It's a feeling. And that feeling then becomes a song. And then before you know it, other people might hear you sing it or you write it down and you express it. And I say that I always know when I've created something, I would say special, because you've got to love it too, is I get emotional about it. I might cry after, or even when I sung more than words, I was on my own in the booth. I burst into tears after singing it. So it was actually really real. And that's the take that is you hear now. And I listen, and I'm like, well, I remember that. So when you, as an artist, or when you're, when you, someone might cry of you about your song, it's because you actually was crying when you sung it or wrote it, or there's something very emotional, why you feel such a connection to it. Because if it's real, you will feel it. Totally. But I think also it's allowing us to have those feelings and allowing us ourselves to, to feel those emotions. And I think in our day to day lives, we're so often kind of blocking emotions, zooming around. You know, you might feel things, but you're not you don't kind of like sit with them. You're right. And you've got to. I think, you know, it's like a good pivot to the world we're living in now, the pandemic, because more than ever, this has been a time for everybody to really think you've had pockets of thinking, okay, obviously if you're a homeschooler and you've got your kids running around and you're working, it's been hard to think, 
but this is a time where people have really sat and thought, who am I and what am I about? What's my purpose? Why am I here? No one actually had a chance to think that. Some people are thinking it, but these couple of years, I think they've done that more than ever. So I feel there's been a lot of things birthed from this experience. Absolutely. And I think you you yourself, you made a pivot, didn't you, within within the kind of, uh, you know, 2020, two years ago, we're talking now. I can't believe how long it's been. Uh, but in, it was you, you made a pivot and, you know, decided to launch a very successful Instagram talk show called Who Am I? Could just yeah. talk to me a little bit about why you, why you decided to do that. Yeah. So basically um, on February, well, December of 2019, was when the video for my single came out. And then in February, I actually launched a single. Now, anyone listening, any campaign, doesn't matter if it's music, product release, <laughs> launch of anything is a long process. It's financial, <clears throat> it's time. And um, little did I know <laughs> in February when I released it a month later, Mr. Boris, thank you, locked down the whole of um, the UK and then the world went crazy. And I remember when that day happened, I was like, you are kidding me. And, but I looked at who I am as a person and said, you know what, this is a sign. It's not a negative. It's the songs out there. It's going to breathe life, but I have an amazing platform. I've met some amazing people. Let me do what I know best is to give. <clears throat> when I perform and sing, it's my giving. It's not taking, it's actually, you have to give a lot of me. And I thought I'll use this opportunity <clears throat> to share my platform with people I know, um, friends, people I've not met before to share their story to enable people who are listening to gain something, whether it's inspiration, guidance, or just help in this time. And I did that. And as I say, the universe paid me back. God was amazing. My platform went, exploded the socials. Um, there was people reaching out, asking to come on. I was obviously pitching as well. I had everyone from you know a nutritionist to a hairstylist to a business entrepreneur. I ended up getting um, recently Kimberly Davis from Chic and Nile Rogers. You know, it's coming at me every which way, and I had no idea. But I will say this: I can't take total credit. Uh, my brother Tesley, who I mentioned earlier, he he's the co-creator. It's so all the graphics that you see behind, as well as the team. He's done all of that for me and helped me. Um, and he was we was going to do this before and do this in a real life sense, you know, one-to-one -one in a studio audience. I've always had plans and dreams to do that, but it was never the right time because I'm juggling everything. And we just said, let's do it. And look, it worked. It's crazy. So through something so negative, something so amazing was birthed. It's, but also I think it's just great that you like, you know, you, you, you went for it and you put, you know, you pivoted and that's, you know, when you, you released Born Again and that was out there and then you're kind of like, we're all stuck at home. So, I think it's it's great. I mean, is it a project that you've continued with? Yeah, it's funny. I went full speed. I was looking at how I've done like over odd 30 odd episodes in that time or more. And I said, okay, enough now. Breathe, pause. <laughs> um, I've done the last one I did was actually on climate change, which was quite fitting because obviously this is the world that we're on. A guy owns a foundation. So my key is now to think about 2022, but I think I can pitch even harder. I'm really excited about how I'm going to get on there. And it's not a theme. It's a lot of people, when I was speaking to them, they said, oh, you're going to have people in the music industry or entertainment. I was like, well, no, there's, there's amazing people out there with all different stories to tell. So you'll never know who I'm going to have on the as a guest. It's just like press play and you'll see. So I'm really excited to see where it's going to go. It's been said a few times on the podcast is that actually it's, there's much more flexibility these days and I think it's really important to be flexible 
and it sounds like you're an incredibly flexible person yourself. So like, what would you say your kind of tips on flexibility are? You've got to not be scared because it's really nerve wracking when you've got to change. If people are used to like routine, which is a good thing because that actually creates excellence. Um, you've got to be flexible and not be scared of the change. And a lot of people listening and people who have so great ambitions to want to do things, it's fear that's why you're not doing it. It's not because you can't. Because the fact you've even got it in your spirit. I have this thing about your bliss and your is, is your purpose. Your Something that excites you is your purpose or something that gets on your nerves is your purpose. And what I mean by that, when you hear of activists, it's because they mean something. They have an injustice that they want. Dare they do that? So there's two sides to it. Something that actually makes your heart flutter and something that goes, you know what? I can't believe they did that. You know what? That could be what you should be doing as your purpose. So a lot of people with all those two things get fearful and you've got to do it. Stop talking about it and do it. Yeah. And I mean, as we're sort of in, we're in 2022 now, I mean, what advice do you have for anyone who's looking to start something new? I say to them, they have to write it down and be really clear about it. There's something very powerful about writing down your goal and saying, this is what it is that I want to do. And really thinking about if there's anyone around you that can help you because you do need help. We're not an island. We have to have assistance. Um, tapping into people in whatever that is that you want to do. So if you want to be in media, get yourself in the communities of media, LinkedIn, connect with people, overreach and not be scared to connect with who you might even dream of connecting with. Reach out to them because you might be surprised. They'll go, yes, I'll help you. Um, and set yourself a goal because if you don't, you'll never do it. So you go, right, I'm going to do this, this and this in the next few weeks, as opposed to, oh, I'm going to look at it in 2022. Start now. Literally, when you, in between your wine glasses, sit down and go, you know what, what's going on for 2022? And write it down now because it's very easy to put things off, isn't it? Because oh, time, situations and life. Do you know in. what? The art of procrastination, Renee, I am, I am one of those people that I have had periods of my life where procrastination has been my enemy. However, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be at full pelt all the time, you know? So you, it, it is this kind of journey and this wave and this process isn't it um but you're so right you've got to take action and actually you know when you're having your downtime it's especially if it's something you're really passionate about it's you know do it alongside i love that and you you are a finalist well in fact winner well well you were a finalist for the online influence awards how did it feel to get that accolade and can you tell us a little bit about it i could still can't believe it it was really well basically um one of the team members quietly <laughs> put me forward for the um obviously the awards and when I got an inbox because it came to me I was saying you know you're a finalist I'm like what finalist for what that was the first thing and I was like could you tell me like who did this and they said well we can't but you're putting down you're like the last three out of three thousand I was like what I couldn't believe it and they said you know they explained what the category was about entertainment and using the time and the platform and the season and helping others. And I was like, wow. So I still like, I'm still overwhelmed. I've worked so hard in the background and it feels, you know, what's really great about getting an accolade, whether that be the actual winning or just the fact that you're a finalist is that they're recognized all the work you've got. And people are seeing you and you don't realize sometimes when you're working quietly in the background or even in front, people are watching and giving you that, that, you know, gratitude. So yeah, that was amazing. And it's really, really given me a lot of impetus and help put my brand out more because people, unfortunately, how it works, they look at accolades, they look at your, you know, 
your reviews and all the things to say, are you good at what you do or do you have that experience? It's really helped me push forward with my career. I'm really great. good I'm glad it's it's nice to get those kind of like little surprises isn't it I mean what what does success mean to you Renee in in terms of just like with in with regards to kind of that type of recognition a lot of people would say wow that's really successful and it's you know you kind of but but I want to know like what it kind of means to you to me success is a journey I will say that because you've got different levels of it um everything that I do and I say this with with all humble is not just for me. I want to know that if I'm doing something or I'm raising above the bar is I can do something with it to help others. Because that's the end, ultimate goal, isn't it? You help yourself, your family, your close network. But can I inspire others, other young girls, other young men, that they can do what they need to do? So the success is when I get a call saying, you know what, what you told me, I've gone and done this. Good example, there's a lady who was on my podcast um, Vivian and she was teaching about entrepreneurship because she had at the time a beauty salon in Soho and she created a podcast and she goes you know who created who inspired me you Renee I was like what something as simple as that that's success to me because I did something and then she felt comfortable and I didn't even know that's what she wanted to do to then create a podcast because I gave her that encouragement having her on the show so little things matter so that success is an ongoing process the feedback I get, the awards that you get. And then, you know, obviously financial, I'm not going to lie, you want to know that you're going to get remuneration for work, but that's not the pivotal because money needs nothing without people to share it with and the love that you get from it. So it's what I'm going to do going forward to help these young girls navigate. I came from humble beginnings. Nothing was given to me, but the work that I put in, I've had the mentors and the help. Everything's because of the grafting. So I really want to be able to, someone looks at me and goes, you know what, I can do this. There's nothing stopping me. So that will be the success without a shadow of a doubt. It's having those positive role models as well and seeing yourself and seeing people and, and thinking that's that's obtainable, that's a, that's achievable. I can do that, I can have that. And I'm so with you. And that's also so what Femme Foundry is about in terms of, you know, p- paying it forward and, and you know, providing, providing a space where women feel like, safe to be able to kind of, ask loads of questions and do, do things for themselves and, and really kind of go for it, you know? That's right. And, you know, I'm given a lot of business opportunities and some I take and some I don't. And a lot of the time when I'm doing exchanges, I would like to know that we can open each other's black books because to me, that's worth more gold than everything. If I can pass on someone to you that works for your business and then you end up financially good, brilliant, it doesn't always got to be because of this money, this contract. No, sometimes just hand that over. You know yeah. what? I've got that number of that person. See what happens from it. To me, that has more power. You know. I'm totally with you on this because I I feel there's I feel like there's whoever you speak to, there's got to be someone that you know that will be able to help them. And that's always been kind of, you know, something that I've really enjoyed doing is like, okay, so what are you up to at the moment? You know, how can I help? And then actually like, oh, actually I'm looking for, you know, X or Y. And it's like, you know, listen, I don't know if it's going to work out, but let let me pop you in touch with so-and-so. And And then off, you know, off they go and like great things might come from it. You know, you've got to just, you've got to just go for it, haven't you? You do. And I think it's, you know, and, and the universe, God always gives you, that's how it works. Like I have been, given things through someone else how I even know Femme Foundry how I know Amy how I know yourself how I know Mary's for a friend Hannah and I shout out Hannah who just said I've got a lovely friend called Renee 
get to know her, introduce, look where I am now. So it just shows, doesn't it? And I need to catch up with Hannah, but it just shows just by you having a good relationship with one person, they refer you and you have no idea what's going to happen as a mm. result. So it's and really important. Totally. And I know we did an event with you and with the Women's Association late last year, um, mm. all about collaboration and, and what works best for, for women. Um, how do you approach collaborations and what would you say you're looking for at the moment? Because I know that there'll be people listening to this that they might be able to help. Yeah, it's true. It's funny. Collaborations. Put it out there, Renee. We've got to put it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. For myself, it's about um, keep building relationships with people and brands. For at the moment, what I was thinking actually, my twenty twenty two plan. I want to be a bit more intentional in who I work with and what I'm doing. I think it's very easy in our industry. We get thrown a lot of opportunities because we're visible. But what am I actually doing, and what does these collaborations lead to? for the benefit of myself, my brand and others. So my intentionality is what I'm thinking about with brands. Wellbeing for me is everything. Wellness for me is everything because without our health, it means nothing. It's proven it this year, right? So my alignship when it comes to brands is about wellness, about wellbeing, health, sustainability. Okay, before I weren't really thinking, I was always, I've always kind of thought about the climate and what affects and now I've dug a bit deeper because in my face. So what and who am I working with that aligns with that brand and that mindset? Really important to me because the earth needs to be there and beyond as I grow and my children grow in the future, okay? Um, what, what am I looking for? It's funny. I really want to push the um, show, Who Am I Talk? So always looking for guests, <laughs> um, looking for sponsorships because obviously the bigger I can grow and get sponsorships, the better it can be in the different platforms. I do see it on an online platform. And I also, I was thinking about the other day, I don't see it as a studio audience type of style. Not knocking um, our lovely um, presenters in the UK and beyond, but I've always seen it as almost like a red table talk where everyone's just, the audience is there, but it's just more intimate. You understand, we're just having a chat and then over a cup of tea, over a drink or whatever. So. That's why I would, you know, I'm putting it out in the universe. I really would love that. A Netflix, a prime TV or whatever. And I always think big. So I've said it now. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I have somebody who's very close to me that wants me to do a TED talk. Apparently. Yes, I can so see you doing this. God. So I'm thinking about that. I'm actually reading the book and I'm not embarrassed to say that. TED Talkers is about how to prepare. So I'm thinking about that. But what am I going to speak about? I have no idea. So that's something that's on my radar for 2022. Well, I think you've got a lot that you can talk about. I yeah. really do. You know what? I just want it to be so impactful. Mm. It's very easy. And everyone's going to expect me to maybe speak about music and how. But I just, I really got to dig deep and realize and, and think and wait for that sign of what I'm going to speak about. Mm. And it could be about my health. There's, this, yeah. there's what's been going on. So I was talk when I said about well-being as a brand I want to connect with. In February, I ended up getting COVID. It was awful. Yeah. I wasn't hospitalized, thankfully, um, but I was very sick. And as a result of it, a number of things started happening with my body. In October, I ended up having an operation on my throat. Gosh. You can only imagine what that's about. I've just spoke to you about who am I? I'm a presenter, I'm a singer. Totally. Right. And that's so, that's your that's your that's your that's my <laughs> that's, that's that's your everything is your that's voice. Everything, yeah. Right. Um, I my voice went hoarse, and I was like, "What on earth is this?" My mother said, "Oh, check that out. Horses is never good, right? In your yeah. throat." So went along, had a check, 
so funny. I ended up at the, um, the hospital not to go into detail. And I didn't even know he was going to put something through my nose at that moment. So you can only imagine, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, no, nothing he gave me. No warning. Had, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so ended up doing that. Saw lumps on my vocal box. Nodules. Nodulars. I'm like, Aww. oh, what? Anyway, con long story short, ended up having an operation, very mini operation. Um, he had to take a, a biopsy, but the nodulars have disappeared. That's all another story. They'd gone. He was all confused. He's like, there's a picture of it. We've gone in and it's gone. So that's the blessing out of all of this, right? Mm -hmm. But that being said, when I ended up going for more tests, they said I've got some problems with my thyroid due to having, hello, COVID, right? Right, so okay. Everything has gone out of sync and I've not been my, myself since. Getting my vocals back, obviously, after having an operation. So when I say well-being, you couldn't ask... I want to make sure everyone understands how important that is because yeah. in my case, it's affected my career. Not that I'm not seeing anymore, but I'm having to rebuild myself back up again from mm. something that I started with so much force and power. I've now got to reset and I'm in recovery and I'm doing very, very well, I must mm. add. But something like that really does make you stop in your tracks and go, okay, this is where I have to always frame myself and then work my way out. Do you understand what I mean? Absolutely. But also you're being stopped in your tracks, but also that must have just been so frustrating. It was frustrating. It was scary because when they said they went in, you have to sign a consent and they go, well, this could go wrong. Oh, brilliant. So you cut my throat and then that's the end of that. And he was like, well, there's a possibility your voice could change. That's why the blessing of me when they went in, it wasn't there. He didn't do an evasiveness and he would if he had to remove it so as you see I'm actually I've come out on top but yep. all that I had to deal with and I'm like okay what is this is this telling me to reset okay I will do that but what it's telling me that on the chug of I was on a um, cross trainer I was on a running machine for a long time it said slow down yeah and now let's reset and let's be more intentional mm. and that's what it's done so who am I will remain, seeing yeah. will remain, but let's slow it down a tad. Yeah. And That's for anyone who, who's, who's listening, who maybe does want to kind of reset, what, what, would, you, what would you say to them? I, I would say to them not to be, and I said also about fear, not to be scared of the reset. Because sometimes you feel that when you are slowing down, that it's almost like you're giving up and it's not that. Yeah. So it's important to pause because you actually get more, you get more understanding of where you need to go when you do stop. It's happening in the season, isn't it? So this is so important. The reset is, is, is like what we do as women, some of us and men. You go for a breakup, suddenly the hair cuts off. You've got this like bob. <laughs> it's because you want to reset. You don't want to look in the mirror and see that person again. You want to re, and it's not a negative, it's a good thing. You lose weight. Might put on a bit of weight because you eat because you're depressed. I get that one too. But you go through this change. So every so often to evolve, I believe you've got to go through a reset and a rechange. And that's in everything. So it is very, very scary when you feel that you have to. Because for me as a singer, when I knew that possibly my voice might not be the same. And right now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having difficulty hitting my top notes. I never had that problem before. That's scary. But I know, and I've been told, it's a matter of time. You're going to be okay. Just keep practicing. Keep. So suddenly, all it feels like everything I've ever done, I'm here now. What does that mean? But I'm not going to be scared about it in the sense where I'm not going to keep pushing forward. It is what it is. My reset, and I've got to walk. I've got to walk with it in a positive way, 
and realize it's just this moment in time. It's a pause, but going forward, you're going to be okay. And that's is the mindset. And that's hard because you, I'm already there. I've, I'm already in the studio, but right now I can't do that until I get everything strong. So I've been fooled whether I like it or not. Thanks so much, Renee, for sharing that. And thanks so much for coming on the Femme Foundry podcast. It's been such a pleasure to have you on and we cannot wait to see you in the app.